like this is weird so I got out my phone showed them the photos and then some guy could translate it and he went oh that means landmines <laughs> what's up nomads welcome to your new favorite travel podcast two beers till takeoff the podcast that delivers expert knowledge the information you won't get in your guidebooks and a story that's guaranteed to make you say what the fuck or your money back B, you know our episodes are free right <laughs> Hello, my name is Phil, and I am here today with our guest, who is a 22-year-old backpacker from London, England, who's been to 22 countries. When she was 19 years old, she went solo backpacking across the world for seven months. She started a TikTok account, underscore Footloose, in January 2022, and has already gained 24,000 followers. Welcome to the show, Lucy. Hi, thank you so much for having me, Phil. So, seven-month backpacking trip. When you're 19, so my my inner parent is is showing up initially. How, <laughs> so you got to tell me, what are the parents saying? What are the friends saying? How do you convince them? Like, did you maybe have a background in in uh, traveling before you got into this, or was this your first big trip? So this was definitely my first big trip. Um, my my parents did a lot of traveling before they had me. So they they were always raving about. They went to Canada a lot actually in the US, and they they were there. Okay, like nice. my mom's always my mom's always like gotta go to Canada at some point. And I'm like yeah, it's on the list. Don't worry. But um, yeah, so I knew that I've always loved travel. I've always sort of sat and, and looked at all these places around the world. I've got a map behind me here, and and thought. I like I I want to see so much I want to experience as much as I can and I I knew that I wanted to take a year out between school and university and just take that time to just have some new experiences work out what I want to do um and go traveling so my mum actually moved to South Africa in 2015 from from the UK so I've been I've nice. been there a few times and that's that was that was really I'd never been anywhere I'd never left Europe so that was that was kind of crazy for me because it was something so different um but my mom is like, I'm very lucky. My mom is so, so supportive of my travels. It's absolutely amazing. You know what? That's she awesome. was, she was, yeah, it's amazing. She was like a lifeline. So when I was traveling, um, she, she helped me research so much. Like obviously I was researching, but when you have two people doing it, it's crazy because you just get double the amount of info, double the amount of research. And like when I was traveling, I, I'd sort of be, if I didn't have time to look something up, if I was like bus hopping or didn't have internet, I'd go, mom, can you, can you see, check this place out? Like what there is to do? Yeah. An hour later, she comes back and she goes, so this is what I found. And she, she's great. It's, <laughs> and I, Sounds like yeah, we might I, have to have your mom on for, for an episode too. Oh my gosh, she would love it. She's great. She's actually in Italy hiking right now. She's, honestly, she's, she's a, what a woman. She's, she's great. She'd be a great, if anyone wants to go traveling, honestly, I, my mom would do a great job as like a little travel PA to help you. <laughs> she's great. Yeah. Um, and then my dad was a little more like, whoa, but I think... I've always been quite confident and out there and it, I was very scared to go, but I think I was very lucky they trusted me. It didn't really hit him until I was driving to the airport and I thought, oh, I'd like it. <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit. What did I just get myself into? Yeah, that, exactly. I was like, oh my God. Okay, here we go. <laughs> with, with a big trip like this though, it, it involves, you know, preparation and, and, you know, talking to your mom for advice probably. But what, what else did you do, I guess, to get ready for such a long trip? 
Yeah, so I get a lot of questions like that a lot. Um, a lot of people ask me, you know, like, how do you, where do you start with that kind of thing? Cause for such a long trip, it's not like, come on, I'm going to go, I don't know, around Europe for a couple of weeks and here in the city. Like, it's a, it's a big chunk. So I think, yeah. to sort of, yeah, like, to start, I sort of wrote down countries that I wanted to visit and went from there. So I think originally it had, like, it had countries like Peru on there, places in South America, um, uh, and so after doing like a lot of research you sort of I realized where it was that'd be best for I mean I was 19 and on my own and I think for like it's crazy so for Southeast Asia is very well traveled for people that are like sort of my age bracket so it, and it's a bit more safe than someone like South American or like which is notoriously yeah, yeah. a bit hard yeah like a bit harder to travel my Spanish sucks like I did French at school I can't you know I would <laughs> I would struggle so we sort of I sort of narrowed it down from there and I knew, so I went to New Zealand for six weeks and I, I knew, I knew a guy the year above me that had done six weeks in New Zealand. So I, so I went to him and I was asking advice and so it was just doing research and speaking to people that I know really and working out what would be best and, and where I wanted to go and how long I had. Nice. So, and so you started in New Zealand and where else did you, did you go throughout your journey? So when I actually started in Sri Lanka, um, I did three weeks. So oh, did. actually, I, I really, to anyone that wants to solo travel, I massively recommend doing this. Um, I started my trip by living in a volunteer house for three weeks and doing three weeks volunteering. And it was such a good way to ease myself into it. Because I think if I just flew out there by myself and went, okay, I'm here, I think it'd be very overwhelming. Mom, come get me. Mom, mom. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> Um, so I, I did, I did it with a volunteer company and, um, we, I lived in this house in Sri Lanka, like a big sort of volunteer house with like 30 others. And I made such good friends over three weeks. We taught, um, we taught kids and we taught teenage monks as well, which was such a cool experience because I mean, they were, they were so much more different than I thought they'd be. They were like so cheeky. Um, and I made such good friends. And then I actually ended up meeting some of those people that I met and worked with there, like later down the line in Thailand, like six months later it's quite crazy but um that really eased me in although i so after that i landed in fiji and that was a oh, bit shit. of a culture shock yeah because <laughs> nice. yeah yeah i was like oh shit so fiji is not a massively backpacked as like somewhere like thailand so i was like oh shit i landed i was like oh my god it's just me i, I don't know anyone here so i did i did the most i actually did the most british thing ever like i i was like right i've landed what do i do so i just went up to the bar and got a cup of tea <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what else would you do? The fish, and, the fish and chips, please. Uh, the fish and chips and a tea, please. Thank you. <laughs> and I remember this Aussie guy who stood behind me and he went, that is the most British thing I've ever heard. What time's the football? What time's the football? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Um, so then I went to New Zealand for six weeks and did like a hop on hop of bus around, which was amazing. Um, like, I love New Zealand. I'm definitely heading back. And one of the safest places I went to, I think, if not the safest. Um, and then headed to the Philippines for three weeks. Then I did Bali for three weeks. And then I landed in Thailand and I had a flight into Thailand. And then about two and a half months later, I had a flight out of Thailand. So my plan was to sort of overland travel, Thailand, Laos, Vietnam and Cambodia and then fly home. So that's what I did. And that was that was seven months. It's pretty crazy. Wow. That's that's so crazy. Like. <laughs> To think at 19, I was like, well, where was I at 19? I was like, ah, it's in university, probably, you know, not showing up for class somewhere, but, <laughs> you know, sometimes, so, so you did do a gap year before getting to do university yeah. in hindsight, I guess for people that are maybe listening that are like, you know, 
a lot of, you know, you get a lot of pressure, go to school, go to school, go to school, get a job, you know, what would, be, so, so in hindsight, do you regret, you know, taking that year off? Yeah, I hate it. It was awful. <laughs> <laughs> no, was, I'm here today to talk, no, stop traveling. To tell me why, don't do it. Um, no, that would make an interesting podcast. Um, no, no regrets. I think, I think for me, I, I knew I wanted to go to university. I knew I wanted to get a degree, but I just didn't want to rush out of school and go into a degree that I wasn't 100% sure I wanted to do. And I thought if I went traveling, if I spoke, met different people, spoke to people in the working world that were traveling or um, abroad, I'd get a bit more of a taste of what I liked, what, what, how it sounds cringy, but you know, I'd know a bit more about myself. Yep what I was good at, what, what there is out there. And I think to anyone that's not 100% sure what they want to do and might need some time, I think taking a year out is the best decision because you just have time to stop and look back and like reflect before you throw yourself into thousands and thousands of dollars or, of, of debt. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, that, is what, that is worth it, obviously, if, if you, that's what you want to do. But Yeah, like yeah. I, I, I thought like I, I also took some time off before completing my studies. And there's things once I hit the job market that I really didn't expect to happen. Like, for example, I, when I was like in interviews and stuff like that, like it was considered an asset to have gone and traveled because, you know, sometimes when you're hiring someone straight out of school, they have no life experience and now they're coming to work for your company. You know, they're looking at someone who's yeah. you know gone traveling, had to budget, had to, you know, manage their manage so many things, you know, so many new experiences that they can be like confident that like, because you've gone through that experience, you can then translate well to being a good employee. So I think that's something that's a little bit overseen. And you may, you may be, uh, I know that you're a recent grad, so I, I think you'll, you, you may be uh, coming into that. Yeah, uh, hopefully. Yeah. Although that's, that's exactly right. Like I think you, you sort of, I don't know, I don't know if you have it in Canada or what you have, but um, like growing up, you have um, at school, you could do like Duke of Edinburgh, which is like you go on an expedition in the UK, usually in Wales for like three days and everyone goes, yeah, this will look great on your CV, your resume, it'll look amazing. But then you sort of do when you're 15 and then everyone does it. So but it's that kind of thing, like showing initiative, going out there, um, learning new things, appreciating new cultures, thinking on your feet, budgeting. I think they're definitely skills that you learn and um I definitely learned a lot. So I think having those, it definitely translates well into a job. So you're completely right. It's definitely another reason why you should think about taking a year out. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, like you said, you, you did do, um, you know, solo female backpacking as a 19 year old, which like is not very common. So like kudos to you, but like, for people who are listening who, you know, maybe the, 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 the solo female travelers that are yet to, to take their first trip, what, would, what advice would you maybe give them to, you know, take, take the leap? I definitely think um, it's definitely a leap that you should take. I think it, it's there's a lot of stigma about out there thinking, you know, you're a woman traveling by yourself. That, that's stupid. It's not a great idea. I think what I said earlier about um, easing yourself in is a huge thing. So if you've never traveled before or maybe just a couple of small trips um doing maybe a group tour or a volunteer trip something with a group of people that's a bit more organized if you start with that it really eases yourself in and you learn a lot from that as well what to look out for maybe so say if you do like a group trip and say you've never been to asia or something you you do a trip in india um that would be a culture shock in itself and i think 
to go to India having never travelled before um, and to be alone as a woman would definitely be, I, I would find that very overwhelming. Not just necessarily India, but I'm just using it as an example. So I think um, definitely ease yourself into it, but don't be scared to take the leap because there are so many nice people out there and it's easy to think, oh my gosh, what could happen? And you do have to have your wits about you, whether you're a man or a woman, um, but especially as a woman. So I know that there's, there's things where women like have deterrence as to, you know, um, wearing from wearing like fake wedding rings i i've heard a lot about so uh that sort of like deters some men from talking to you but that was never an issue in anywhere that i went but um that, that i've heard of that as to be a thing i, I my mum had my location the entire time like she that woman stalked me <laughs> she 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 stole me she go i hope you're having a nice time at the beach like i'm at the beach like i'm like oh she had my negation. I it freaked me out. You turn around. She's just like there what? with you. Like she's, what? Like, like you can do what? She's just in the bushes. Like I'm still here. That's why she was so chill. She was here the whole time. I didn't realize. Yeah. Um, yeah. Always have your location shared. But um, uh, and it seems that as well. I didn't realize this was a thing. But a lot of hostels have female only dorms. So if you're worried about staying in a hostel and you don't know who's gonna be in your room, you don't feel comfortable. Um, I don't know. There's there's strange people everywhere, but if you're not if you if you're more comfortable being in female only dorm, which a lot of people are, those are always options. And I've stayed in stuff for myself, and um, they've been great. But a, a lot of people are so friendly. Like I went by myself, but I was never really alone. I mean, that sounds that sounds odd, but the amount of people you meet, and I met other solo female travelers, not many as young as me, but um people are so friendly and willing to make friends that you're never really doing anything by yourself and if you are you just go up to someone in a hostel go hey do you want to come see this temple with me and most of the time they will say yes exactly right <laughs> it's great it's it's like renting a friend yeah exactly you just rent a friend it's like i was in paris i was like uh, literally day before yesterday and um i made really close friend like really good friends with this uh girl from california and um she like she texted me up like i think i was just gonna have a chill evening in and she texted me and was like let's go do this like let's go have drinks and look at the view over paris i was like i don't know let's go do that like you just end up doing things that you never would have done by yourself so and um, traveling solo opens you up to meet more people as well like, I, I think so eh? i mean stuff i'll talk about like, yeah like stuff i'll talk about later in the podcast i never would have done but like if i hadn't met the people that were like do it do it now if i was maybe with a friend or didn't go yeah and uh i know i know yeah. you probably hear this all the time or get asked this all the time but what was your favorite country in your seventh month trip if you have uh, to pick let's go yeah, let's, yeah. let's give you a top three okay top three easy because i have two that i can't pick between um my top my top two are vietnam and new zealand um amazing and top three what would i put as third see it's always those two are like okay. neck and neck uh, i'm and fine with that third. um okay yeah vietnam, vietnam, if you're happy with vietnam and new zealand those two amazing countries very different though q and a all right lucy Welcome to our segment Q&A. This is a segment for people to get to know you a bit better. So hot or cold? Oh, hot. Beach or mountain? Mountains. Bus or train? Train. Cats or dogs? Cats, easily. I love I love cats. I love dogs, but I love cats more. They're great. Breaks my heart. Top or bottom bunk? Bottom bunk all the way. Oh my God. No way. Never top. Sorry. If, you're, if you pick top, you're still a child. No offense, but... I pick top. No. Just because just I like to live, da- I like to live dangerously. You terrify people like you terrify me. <laughs> I love, I love a good top bunk that has like no like ladder. You have to like step on the person below you to get up to the top. 
That's the type of hostel I like. No, that's not. See, top can be fun until you're throwing up in your hostel dorm. You have to climb off the top bunk every time you want to throw up. That that's that's when it's not so fun. Yeah, that's fair. I have experience <laughs> that. Yeah, yeah. Totally. If you had a superpower, what would it be? I would like to teleport. I think being able to teleport and just jump to every, you could jump to any country ever anywhere. And if you're in a dangerous situation, you could just jump out of it, teleport away. I'd love that. That'd be great. Right. No more waiting in airports. Your flight has been delayed. <laughs> It's like, no thanks. I'll just, just click my fingers and then I'm there. This is easy. What's something you never travel without? Ooh, probably. There's probably two things. One is my travel plug. I've got this like chunky plug that just works for everywhere. And the second is a sarong. If you're in a bunk bed and it doesn't have a curtain, like the best hack ever is to just make a little curtain out sarong, uh, out of your sarong or like a towel or something and just tuck it in. And it's just like the privacy is just, it's just, it just brings it all up and you can use a towel, a skirt. It's just, it's great. I, I will never go anywhere without my sarong. I love it. Okay, I'm definitely packing a sarong and a, and a, and a skirt. <laughs> never heard that one. So that's, oh, that's skirt. a great one. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. That's a good, there's, there's no other ways you can use it. It's, it's great. It, especially if you go to like a temple and you have to cover your shoulders, or your legs. Like I, I see guys wearing, wearing them all the time to go to temples. What is your favorite world attraction? I think Angkor Wat in Cambodia is really cool. I think there's so much history there that's that's, that's really interesting. Um, and yeah, I'd say Angkor Wat is probably one of the coolest places I've been. Nice. Like attraction-wise. Which country has the best cuisine? Oh. And you can only pick one. Uh, no, that's between two again. It's between two, but oh my God. Because I would always say Italy because I love Italian food, but... I don't know. I think Thailand might top it, you know. I think Thailand. I'm going to go with Thailand. But Italy's a close second. I love Italy. Okay. I like I like Thailand because Italy, we almost retired the question because so, too many people were picking it. And yeah, so I'm happy you have another answer. What is your biggest travel pet peeve? Oh, oh my God. Okay. My biggest pet peeve. I'm trying to think there's probably, I mean, there's people turning on lights in hostel dorms when people are asleep. I feel like that's quite, quite an obvious one. But there's always, there's, oh, there's always like this type of person. And I don't want to be mean because everyone I meet traveling is so nice. But there's always that guy that's like, has to be so extra. Like, I think I was looking for, and you meet this type of guy. It's, it's, always, it's always a dude that's like, yeah, so I've actually been here a week. Um, so I can teach you some of the local lingo. And or he'll be like, yeah, um, I don't know why you're taking a photo of the sunset. I take photos with my eyes. And I, I those are genuine things. <laughs> genuine things people have said to me. And it doesn't. I was I took a picture, I was like, this is such a nice sunset. He was like, I just take photos with my eyes, it's so much more real. Like, what? So yeah. That's not called the that's not a photo, that's called That looking. is called looking, yeah. <laughs> Two photos. Send your family some. Okay, so these guys these guys have long hair, usually have like like uh, puka necklaces or something. Yeah. Like the hemp hemp necklace, a lot of bracelets. Yeah, that's the one. And they they always think that, you know, they're they've traveled a little bit longer than you, so that or, or, or they've seen what you haven't seen. So they're just one off on you. They're, they're, always they're a bit more spiritual. Yeah, so spiritual. You know, they can teach you. They can teach your local local religions or, you know, they they know a lot. That's probably a pet peeve. Yeah. Tell us your best travel hack. Best travel hack. Oh, gosh, you really put me on the spot with these. Um, the sarong is a good one. It's a, like, I think I did a TikTok that was like seven ways you can use it. And I can't remember all the seven ways, but that was a good hack. Um, travel hack. Oh, I've got one. If you can only bring hand luggage, um, but you've got too much space, you're allowed to bring pillows, like you've got too many clothes. Um, you're allowed to bring pillows on a lot of flights. So you can have a pillow that you can like stuff stuff in, like, or a pillowcase. And then it's like a little extra bag and 
they often don't know. So that that's a good hack. Oh, that's a great idea. Yeah, I've never done it, but I've seen people do it on TikTok. They have like um one of those like fluffy pillows and they're like, Yeah, it's just my pillow and then it's got like loads of clothes in there as well. That's a good hack. I love that. <laughs> oh my god. I, I once was in uh, Croatia and I was getting ready to live or I was moving to Germany for a year. So I had like a, a big bag full of stuff and then I hit Ryanair and I was over the even like when you check a bag limit. Oh no. And so I had to throw out a bunch of shit. Oh no, that's so I, I should have just brought a pillow. Yes, pillow would have sorted you out, man. <laughs> oh, that's so annoying. Ryanair is stingy like that you have to be. I I, I, saw, I don't know if it's Ryanair. I saw a video. I don't know. Um, they were weighing their bag and they were filming and the air, the person that was working for the airline behind the desk was leaning their knee on the on the weight uh, on the scales and then they were like yeah and they went can you take your knee off please and they didn't they, they were going ah, 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 like a joke but they would have gotten away with it if the person hadn't seen so jesus did you hear the ceo was trying to make uh standing uh seats like not seats but standing uh, option for flights yeah i was like how does I was, yeah, I thought that, I was like, at first I was like, is that a joke? But I, I read it and they were like, yeah, it's fine, like a bus. Hold on. I was like, yeah, if you hit some turbulence. Like, yeah, but a bus is not going like 700 kilometers an hour. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, and if you hit turbulence, like if the plane just drops like a little bit, you, you're hitting the ceiling. I don't even know how that makes any sense. I don't, I think that breaks like, oh, that's ridiculous. Pay to your seat. It's, it's a little crazy. It's crazy. That, yeah. <laughs> What's the most underrated country? I would say the most underrated country that I've been to is maybe the Philippines. I think you definitely, I hear more more about it now, but I didn't hear a lot about it before. I think there's a lot to see there and there's so many different islands. And um, I think Thailand and Bali and stuff is really hyped up and as they should be. But places like the Philippines, the Philippines is really underrated. Like the beaches there are the most incredible that I'd seen in Southeast Asia. Um, And the people are really nice as well. So I'd say the Philippines, but not Manila, the capital. That wasn't. I'd give that miss. But everywhere else in the Philippines I went was amazing. We're somewhere you'd never go back? I've got this. Okay. Not a country, but in Cambodia, there is a place called Chinookville. Chinookville. Um, and I think in like the 90s, it used to be like a, a beach holiday destination. But um, it is genuinely... I, I didn't stay there. We had to go drive through it to get to this um, island. We were staying in... I'd met some people. We were staying in Korong, one of the islands. But you had to drive through it and get a boat. And it is the worst place I have ever been. So I, 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 oh my gosh, I've never seen anything like it. So it's like been bought out by like all these Chinese companies. So there are so many different Chinese massive hotels and casinos. And, but nobody's there. Like no one's staying there. And the roads are just mud. And I'm not joking. We were driving through and this building was collapsing on our right. Like it, there wasn't a border. It was just collapsing. Like this, and I've got some of it on video. I'm like panning around. And then out the took to come out and half this building's coming down. So, okay, great. There's no one in it because there's no one there. But um, there's rubbish everywhere. Like the litter was so bad. I think we were we were getting on the boat and there were these all this plastic and just like garbage in in the water. It was, it was awful. Um, and yeah, like I said, no Cambo- Cambodians really lived there. And I, I I made a TikTok about it and people were like, oh, that it used to be really nice there. I'm like, well, it's not anymore. So I would. It's like a shitty Macau. Yeah. It was, it was, sh- and it's just really weird because like no one there's from Cambodia. It's like a mini, I, I don't know. I heard someone say something about the Chinese mafia, but I don't, I don't know if that's true, but it's believable if it is because I don't know where all these hotels and casinos that no one's in came from. It's very weird. Where did you experience the least friendly locals? 
least friendly locals. Oh, we have to think about that for a second. Um, there wasn't really anywhere that stood out to me that had that. Maybe, maybe Bali or Gili Tea in, but like just off the coast of Bali. Probably Bali, I'd say. Don't get me wrong, I don't think the locals weren't friendly, but I think Bali is so touristy and there's so many tourists that they're, I don't know, they kind of, the culture of Bali is in some places is somewhat lost by like, yeah, there's definitely Bali, especially there's one place in Bali, like if you, if anyone watching ever goes or hasn't, wants to go, um, Kuta and Semenyak, it is just sort of been taken over by like clubs and the beach there isn't very nice. Um, and I think I went out there with some people that I met and I came out and these taxi drivers were trying to get me in their taxi and, and they spat at me. They grabbed, like they tried to pull me in. It Jesus. Was awful. And I didn't experience this anywhere else in Bali. I just want to say everyone else that I met in Bali was lovely. But Kuta Semenyak, I only stayed there for one night and that was because it's by the airport. So there wasn't very nice no it's a pass mm -hmm. i'd pass on i'd pass pass hot pass hard pass, hard pass on cuter hot pass on cuter yeah <laughs> so it's a good accent oh, there thanks what is your favorite cocktail Ooh, um it's my favorite okay i i love i'm i'm pretty basic i love a porn star martini purely because i love eating the the passion fruit it's not say i love it <laughs> <laughs> Can <laughs> I get his band here? Jeez. <laughs> I love eating the passion fruit. Um but it's in it. Like I love passion fruit. Um but I had I had the like probably the best cocktail I've ever had in my life in Morocco last month. It was like I'm, sorry, I'm going into detail with this, but it's like a mint tea mojito and it came in this teapot. And it was like alcohol is so expensive in Morocco. Wow. It, it was insane though. Like it was it was like mint tea. But it, it was so the mint was so fresh because they it's grow it grows everywhere though. The mint was so fresh and like the lot it's probably the best cocktail I've ever had. Like I this bar was amazing. Um it was expensive because they import um alcohol there because um they don't really drink it, but it was definitely worth the money for the amount I got and how good the cocktail was. So yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely wasn't expecting you to say Morocco for your for your favorite cocktail, mm. but yeah, that's that's <laughs> really interesting. They really do the 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 uh minty well yeah they do <laughs> yeah I, went, I was hiking there um and like every every single morning with mint tea and morning and mint tea at four o'clock after the hike it was great what where did you find your cheapest pint so my cheapest pint is um i'd say probably one that i got for free uh <laughs> that's probably the cheapest so i stayed um i stayed in a hostel i mean i paid for the hostel if you ever go to guinea tea just off the coast of Bali, they have a hostel called My Mate's Place and it is so social. And when you arrive, they're like, welcome, and, and they give you a beer. I met someone recently, they went, oh, I, I don't drink beer. I asked for a gin and tonic and, or a cocktail. And they were like, yeah, sure. Like, what? I don't like beer, but I don't want to be, I don't want to be cheeky and ask. I was like, oh, I just have a free beer. Like, <laughs> I was like, okay. Um, so they give you a free beer and they, they in the evenings, they, they organise like events. So, um, we had this huge long table and they're playing like card games, drinking games. And then they took us all to like a little pub call. But um, at the pubs, they had their own alcohol that they'd like. like but it was one of those like, long bottles that have um, like a nozzle at the end and then it, they like pour it in your mouth. So you get a free drink on arrival. You get a free drink while you're... This is just for staying at the hostel. So probably that. The hostels that give Jesus. free alcohol, definitely the cheapest. Yeah. Those, those are the ones to target. Yes. Definitely. Where in the world is your favorite bar? I would say, it wouldn't say it's the best bar for like atmosphere or cool drinks, but there's this bar in Dalat 
called the Maze Bar. This is in Vietnam. And it's literally that. Like, you go in and it's this tall building that goes underground. And it's just like, it's like caverns where it's just this huge maze where you like have to crawl through stuff, climb up stuff. And like, there's, there's, I, I can't even expect, I've never been anywhere like it. Like, you could go three, four different times and have a completely different experience. And like, you have to find different locations. Like, they have a garden out back, but you have to go and find it. Um, so we, we eventually did. And like, you make it out. There's a nice view. Um, but it's, it's so weird. Like, you go underground, you get lost. Um, that was cool. Um, and there's another one. There, there's one in New Zealand in Queenstown called Cowboys, and it's it's completely cowboys themed. Like all the bartenders have cowboy hats. They have good music. They have um like jail cells. That was that was a really good bar. That was a really good atmosphere. So so maybe them. I I like bars that have a theme. I I'm a big fan of that. So probably probably one of those. Top five. All right, welcome to Top 5. Top 5, usually we talk about the country that we have a story about, which today's story or uh, country is Vietnam. We've already done Vietnam in Season 1, so Lucy now will be giving us her Top 5 of the Top 5 best places to do in Southeast Asia. Going to Bali, hiring a bike, and um, exploring the waterfalls all around uh, Ubud, um, the mainland. There's so many secret waterfalls that I didn't even know about that you come across, and it's just incredible. They're in the middle of the jungle, and it's definitely, definitely one of the best things I saw. I saw this incredible waterfall that nobody was at, and then yeah, definitely get definitely if you can hire bikes, definitely hire bikes and explore Bali. That, that was a definite top five. Um, okay, I'd say number four is watching the sunrise at Angkor Wat in Cambodia. It was an early start. It was a 4am start, but it's so it's so worth it because you get there and like these old ruined temples. It's like something out of Indiana Jones, like these ruined temples. You just watch the sunrise and the colours change and the silhouette of it. It was like incredible, absolutely incredible. And so that that would be my fault. Did you find any like secret doors or something when you were down there? Just like Well, that's the thing. There's there's <laughs> there's so many archways. Like you see something and you're like, has anyone even dis- discovered this this pathway? Like it, there's there, there's so much to see there and some of the temples aren't really visited by like the big the main one, Angkor Wat is like everyone goes to. But then the smaller temples, you go and explore them. There's no one there. There'll be like a monk sat on the floor meditating or something and it's like, oh my gosh. This is like it's the temples are still being used. It's, it's really really cool. Um, so yeah, but I, I feel like there's definitely some secret doors there. Like you maybe push on a brick, something opens, <laughs> that kind of thing. Never know. <laughs> Snake pops out. Ah! Yeah, 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 maybe. Um, it would definitely go that bad. So um, and like it's so cool how the trees are like intertwined with all the bricks and the the, the buildings. Like it literally is out of Indiana Jones kind of thing. That's what that's what it looks like. Um, I've got a little list on my phone of <laughs> top three. Okay, so what are we on? Number number three. Okay, so my third one would probably be... Uh, I th- I've already spoken about Gully Tea in this podcast. I love Gully Tea. The, so it's the island just off the coast of Bali. Um, you might have seen on Instagram that they have those underwater statues there. So you can you can swim. Um, I can't remember where they're there. It's actually, it's quite interesting. They have these underwater statues and there are turtles that swim around them and you go diving, not even scuba diving, just grab a mask and some flippers and you get the coolest photos swimming around this circle of, um, it's like a circle of couples that are like embracing and there's turtles there. You snorkel amongst the statues. It's just the wildlife there's incredible. The water is so blue. It's, it's definitely top three things that I did. It was amazing. Um, and I was, wow. yeah, so good. Definitely recommend. So my set, I'd say my second top two. And um, so my second favorite thing I did 
was tubing in Wang Viang in Laos, which is so much fun. It's it's basically yeah, it's it's like it's like a bar crawl that's kind of it's like the most unhinged, craziest bar crawl we've ever been on. Like we we got (laughs) we 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 I did it with my hostel. And you, you, they take you down there and you just get given a rubber ring. And I bought alcohol with me. So I bought like this massive, I had like a huge Coke bottle that I'd like mixed spirit and mixer in because I, I didn't really want to bring money with me. I didn't bring my phone. I didn't bring money. I, um, I didn't even bring my GoPro because people are like, you might lose it. Don't bring it. So I just bought me and my alcohol. That's all I bought. And you, you get in the, you get in this ring and you float down the river and you stop at different bars along the way. But these bars are just like shacks on the side and they're, they're like hey it's booze time and some of them had like a zip line across the river some of them have diving boards it's it's crazy but like it's you're in a proper river like you don't know what's beneath you it's it's kind of scary and exciting at the same time like like i, I think obviously you don't really know how sa- i don't know how safe alcohol and swimming is thinking about it actually so i feel like something like that would never yeah. be you guys are given uh you guys are given like life jackets though right nope no 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 <laughs> Yep, that's no. like it's almost unhinged. And at the end, like we all had this huge mud fight. It was, it was, it was, it was one of those days that is like a mess, but it's it was so much fun. Like I did, I loved it so much. I did it twice. I booked it again for the next day. I was like, yeah, let's go again. It was great. Oh, yeah, that that was definitely top two. That's hilarious. Yeah, Van Vang Vieng is beautiful, so I would definitely recommend visiting. Uh, okay, and my top one is like by far the best thing I've ever done. It is doing the Hajang Loop, which is a four-day motorbike loop in northern Vietnam, which is coincidentally where I got the story that I'm going to talk about in this podcast. For, um, for, <laughs> <laughs> I have some mad stories from it, but it's the most... I was not going to do it. I, I hadn't heard of it. I couldn't ride a bike. I was like, are you crazy? I'm not getting on one of those things. Um, is, is it a bicycle or a scooter? It's a scooter, but like it's... it's um, okay. So you had like the smaller scooters that I, so I learned to drive a small sort of, I don't know, I don't know if it's a 50cc, I can't remember. Um, I learned to drive one of the small scooters in preparation for this. Um, and that was like quite easy, although I'm stressed about trying to ride. So I, I, I learned purely so I could do this loop. And then you get to the loop and it was a bit more like a, obviously not like a huge motorbike, but it had like gears. It was a bit more, a bit more than just like a small moped. Like it could go quite fast. So learning, yeah. le- learning to ride one of those. And like, so you get given like a map, um, and it was four days. You just go around this amazing, amazing country, like the amazing countryside of Vietnam, right in the north. And there's like, it's they're not mountains, but these huge green hills and like canyons and rivers, and it's just incredible. I I've, I've never done anything like it, and to ride a bike and just just take it all in and see so much of it, which is oh my god, top one thing. If anyone gets the chance to do it, I cannot recommend it enough. Story time. Um, this is where this is where I have some interesting stories from this loop. So I the question is it's yeah it's it's an odd one. So we so I I ended up doing I met a guy when I was traveling and we ended up doing this loop together. And he convinced me he was like, "Come on, it'll be so much fun." And I was like, "Oh, I don't know." And I'm so glad. I'm so so glad that I listened to him and did it because, like I said, it's my top number one thing and easily the best. So I um. What you do is you you can get a bus from Hanoi to Hajang, 
which is where the loop starts and you pick a hostel you stay there and you rent the bikes from them so I've stayed in this hostel um in Hajang and, and we hired the bikes and we had like a day to chill out so they give you a map um which is really helpful you want a map and so I was chatting to the guy that lent us the bike so we had a map and he was he was sort of drawing showed us where to stop he goes right this is how long it'll take you from drive from point a to point b where you'll be staying tonight point b c um so it's four days and along the way he was pointing out things you could do so he went oh so on this day there's a really cool waterfall um so I made it break down the map I was like right waterfall turn here to go and see this waterfall which we did which was amazing and I think that's maybe day two or day three he went okay here is where you can go and visit the China border I was like oh wow like that sounds quite cool China border in the middle of nowhere. Is that safe? That feels safe. What could go wrong? An unofficial border in the middle of nowhere. That feels like between two communist countries. That sounds like such a good idea. I I love Panda Express. (laughs) I love it. Yeah, I'll I'll make the trip. I'll I'll, I'll go that far for for Panda Express. So, oh my gosh. Um, So he was like, oh, but just, just, you know, be be careful when you're around there. So, because when you leave, they give you instructions. They go, you can't leave too early because the police will be doing police checks by the time, but two hours away from the point that you're leaving this hostel, there's police that do police checks, but they go to their lunch between 12 and 1. So make sure you drive between the so like we had to because t- what they'll stop you and bribe you yeah they'll stop you and they'll go where's your license where's your they'll find something to make you make you pay like yeah they'll stop you and um i think actually on this loop um i think it was maybe right towards the end we actually drove past police that tried to flag us down and stop us but we just kept driving because they j- uh, which sounds bad it sounds bad but generally that sometimes that is what you have to do because they they will no matter if you have the license the helmet whatever they will they will often stop you and find something to Flag you down, but I, I, this is where it helps having a friend that's actually been to Vietnam. She, she told me she went. They will just flag you down for because they see you. They see you're a tourist, and they. We, we did get flagged down at one point, um, and I think I can't remember what they they find us for, um, because they'll go, no, that driving license is not accepted or something like that. So they they flagged us down. So we had to be. It wasn't a lot that we had to pay. But anyway, so we on the first day we we timed it so we didn't run into the police at this at this point. Um, so uh, he so he's telling us all the info and he went, okay, so be careful, you know, if you go if you go visit the border, just just be where you're at the border. We're like, yeah, cool, sounds sounds fun. Like we'll we'll definitely go check it out. So. I think this was day two and we were on our way there and this it already it's already goes with mental so I think we we stopped to take a picture of this view because it was an incredible view it was just on the side of the road you pull over take a picture and um, and then I had I had like a fanny pack around my waist where I kept my phone my wallet and my passport and I, I there was no one around like they were in the middle of nowhere so we took a picture I put my phone back in and then we slowly turned and we're starting off again and we're, and we're, we're driving and as we're slowly going going forward, the, these kids run out into the road out of like out of nowhere. We're not by a village or anything. And they look about five, six, seven years old. And I'm like, oh my gosh! And we're not going very fast. So they come like round the bikes and they go high five, high five, high five. I was like, oh, these kids are so sweet. Like, sure. So I go the high five. Yeah, I go the high five. This child, this child goes like this. He dips my high five and reaches for my bum bag, where my phone, my wallet, my passport are in. And I'm like. Oh. <laughs> 
like this job is kind of want me so I was like I don't know what to do because obviously I don't want to be raised but I also don't want to run over this child so um luckily he was on the set so I just sort of you know um so I, I sort of sped off and then he grabbed onto my rucksack that was on my backpack that was behind me and pulled out a pack of tissues that was on the side I was like you know what you can have them you can keep those um, and there, there were like quite a few there were quite a few kids <laughs> I was like, I'm happy to lose those. I'll lose, I'll lose the tissues. Um, so I'll survive. I'll survive. I'll make it. Like I've been, I've been robbed of my tissues. It's like, um, and they were like wave. They, they were some seven or eight kids. They were like waving, like come get your tissue. They couldn't really speak English, but they were like waving it, like come on, come get your tissues. You don't want them back. And I was like, no, you know what? I don't. Because you don't know if there's like adults hiding around the corner or what. But I was like, oh, oh my gosh. Like, it was a shame because then later on I was a bit like wary of, of kids. I was like, don't. Yeah, um, I once thought you were safe, but you're not. Yeah, you're not safe anymore. Yeah. You're all on fucking timeout. <laughs> you're all on timeout. Sit in the, sit in the naughty corner. You, you don't get. I don't know what you You know what I mean? So, so that's how that day started. So I was like, okay, great. Um, so we headed on to the border. Um, so it, it was sold out of the way. Like it was, I think it was maybe like an hour's detour or something, but. Um, I was like, it's, it'll be worth it. I've never been to China. Like, that sounds so cool. Not that I was planning to go into China, but and it, uh, I wanted to, you know, it'd be cool to go, oh, look, that's China. Like, you can you can see yeah. it. Yeah. Why, I thought, why not? It, it's something to do. Um, so The, the Panda Express rates on, is right on the board, right? right? Exactly. So you just like, can order from yeah. your, your side, right? And like, supposed to be over there. They're like, here you go. Order from, order from Vietnam. It's fine. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah so, uh, so so we went and to get there like it was a bit it's a bit of an odd road like there was this huge rock fall that had sort of obstructed the road and you had to like weave your way through these these massive boulders that had come down the hill so already it was a bit like what's going on it was like in the middle of the jungle basically it was like in the middle of nowhere and we got there so we parked our bikes and they had this huge vietnam flag so i assumed you know we're on the vietnam side um and so we walk, we sort of walk over to it all, and it is. I've never really experienced anything like it. It was so silent, like it was eerie kind of silent. Like I, I, I don't know. But bear in mind, I know we were in the country, but it was there was just something. You know, when something feels completely off. Like I got there, I was like, oh, yeah. There's no birds. There's no animals. There's I was it wasn't there's it. No Panda Express. No Panda Express. Like <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> I don't know. We're in the wilderness now. So I, I was like, what the hell? Like, what the hell? Um, so I, yeah, so it, it was a bit crazy. So um, I already started be like, oh gosh, I'm, I'm not, I'm not sure about this. Um, but they had these, they had these like, basically what looked like tombstones dotted all over the hills. Um, they, they were sort of everywhere. And they had this writing, Chinese writing and skull and crossbones. And obviously you look at that and you think, okay, probably not that welcome here. But, you know, we, we were being like tourists. We were like, Oh, let's go take a picture by the death sign. Um, so, so I've got pictures of me like, oh, just, just, just because, you know, there was, it, there was a trodden path up to this sign because I was thinking, I was like, oh, you know, I don't know what I found here. So there was, I walked on the trodden path up to this sign and got, got a couple of pictures and they were everywhere. Um, so, you know, well, I thought, that's fine. And there was like this cornfield in front, which was which was a bit creepy. And there was a path going through the cornfield, and that was where China was. Like China was through this cornfield. So, but there was no one there. Like every border I've ever been to in my life has had um, security officials, passport, immigration. Like, mm. you, yeah. you, so I'm like, surely you can't. It's not just, just an open field. 
Yeah, exactly. I was like, surely you can't just walk into China. I was like, is this, is this what, like, is this immigration? I was like, what's going on? Um, so, but you know, it, this dodgy field with corn that's like really high. I was like, no, I don't know. I don't know who's in there. And at this point we turned around and then this man had pulled up sort of on the Vietnam side, he pulled up and he was Vietnamese and he just was watching us. And I looked over, I was like, there's a man there. He's watching us. And we looked at him and sort of just went like this. Oh gosh. Like he just he like was like telling you to beckoning, come towards him? Kind of like, like I think he looked like he was sort of being like, come away. But I was like, oh my God, why? Like, are we on China's side? I was looking at Google Maps, like, am I in China? Like, I, where where am I over the border? And I couldn't really tell. Oh gosh. Um, so we, we, anyway, we took these photos and I was like, that man's creeping me out. And the guy I was with was, he was like, um, he was walking towards the cornfield. He was going further forward. And I just in my ground, I went, yeah, I'm not going any further. I'm creeped out enough as it is. There are death signs. And there's a man waving at us. I can't hear anything. There could be people in the bushes. I was like, I'm not, I'm, you, you can go, but no. Um, so he went forward and then I was like, no, I, I want to leave. I, I, he went a bit further You went forward. to the China side? I don't know. He went towards the China. He went to. That's the thing. There was no border. I'm still unsure if I've been to China because on my phone it made an album. It made an album called China. So I'm like, does this count? Can I? Does this country number twenty? I don't know. Is this country number twenty three? Like, does it count? Um, does it, it, it doesn't count. So um um so anyway, I was like, right, I'd like to leave. Let's go. So we headed back to the hostel. And we were. Um, it was so sort of everyone stayed in the same homestays that night. Um, so we were telling everyone and, and we were like, oh yeah, like we got to border. They're like, oh no way, show us some photos. So the guy I was traveling with got out of his phone and he was like, oh, okay, let me, let me find them. And the photos that we took on his phone were grim. Like they did not exist. What? Yeah, they were grim. All the photos of him at the border, <laughs> uh, it, it, they were gone. It was crazy. So I was like, well, um, was it, did he have a Huawei phone? He had, he had, <laughs> like, well, what the I, fuck? I, I know. He had a um. He had an Android. I had an iPhone, and they were all gone on the photos. And it wasn't like, oh, did we take them on yours? We definitely did because we took them on mine of me and some of him on his. I remember it. I took them. So I was like, what? Like this is weird. So I got out my phone, showed them the photos, and then some guy could translate it, and he went, oh, that means landmines. Excuse me. Stop it. Landmines. What do landmines like? So it, it turns out we were standing where like all these landmines apparently apparently were planted, and people in my comments have been like, "This huge people are having like I didn't even try and get involved, but everyone in my comments when I posted this video have been like, "The landmines are here because and then they were like people are like arguing about like is it from the war? Is it China? Is it Vietnam? Is it America? Like people are, and then people are like the um, people are getting in spiritual arguments in my comments. My comments is like a so like a minefield in itself. It's a fighting ground. Yeah, it's a fighting ground. I can get involved. But I just like like some comments that were like, "Haha, you're an idiot." I was like, "Yeah, fair." <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm not gonna pretend that I'm not. So. I was like, yeah, sure. Um, so, so yeah, so that um, that essentially is the story of how I accidentally stood in the landmine field and potentially made it to China by accident. Although I'm still not Holy sure. Holy fuck! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that took a that took a wild turn. I was like, you eventually found a Pan Express. I don't know, like, like Maybe? that's probably best case. <laughs> but holy shit, landmines! Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would uh, that would mess you up a little bit, eh? A few, few yeah, days just- later, you're just like kind of like. A lot of bad shit could have happened. Like, I could not be walking on two legs right now. 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, luckily I didn't like show off the paths or anything, but already I, I don't know if there were people like in the field watching me or the, where the landmines were. And it's like, this is a real story. And every time I tell that story, people are like, what the hell? So, yeah. yeah. And this was, this was, this was in 2019, right? Yeah. So this was before the pandemic. This was like July 2019. Yeah. It's, nice. it's, it's, yeah. No, that's, that's fucking crazy. Like I've, I've never luckily been, I guess, in, you know, like we've had uh, a guest come on, talk about like being in a war zone or like, you know, dealing with landmines. I've never dealt with, I guess, anything that bad, but that's pretty fucking crazy. Yeah, it's, it's insane. But it makes a good story. Like it's it, it's definitely an experience that I can't, I don't know many other people that have had. Um, I think some people in my comments are like, oh, I, I did this. Like it's super weird. Like it's it's a weird place. Like it's scary. Like not many, not many people. But a few, I know a few people that have said that they've done it so no i mean so so i i guess i guess i gotta i gotta be the elephant in the room what did mom say what did mom say oh well, this is the thing i said i said this <laughs> offense, so she was like oh why and this is the, this is when she wasn't on stalking my location clearly otherwise she'd be like why why are you in china what's going on what are you doing um she could not believe that i'd gone to a landmine field she was like you're joking you're joking um <laughs> I was like, yeah. That's hilarious. So I made a mistake. I made. I did a. I did a whoopsie. Uh, um. Yeah. So, as you can tell, she was like, "You're an idiot." But yeah, all the best stories come from idiotic travel yeah. mistakes, right? Hey, if you don't do that, usually don't end up on a podcast. So exactly. Close to you. Thank you. Exactly. I've made it, Mom. Look at me. <laughs> oh, exactly. Anyways, Lucy, thanks a lot for coming on. Really appreciate you coming on and giving so much advice, you know, and, and telling us an awesome story. Uh, so I guess I got two last questions for you. What's next for you? you I know you mentioned you're going to Italy, but what's what's next? What is next? So um, I'm going to going, I'm doing a little bit of traveling over Europe. Um, so I'm going to some of the Balkans. I'm going hiking in Italy for ten days, and then I'm going to like Croatia. And I'm actually volunteering in a hostel in Montenegro. So if anyone's interested in nice. see what that's like, follow my socials. <laughs> but uh, and yeah. then. Next, I've actually, I've actually got a job working in Lapland this Christmas in Finland. So I'm working, oh, nice. uh, yeah. So I'm working at like in the snow in Santa's grotto, essentially. There's, You're gonna meet Santa Claus. Yeah, exactly. So I'm working with the elves in Santaland. <laughs> it's yeah, exactly. Really. So I'm, I'm so excited for that. And then next year, I'm hoping to maybe head back to New Zealand and do my working holiday visa and work and live there for a year because I loved it so much. So why not? That's my plan. Awesome. And yeah. my last question for you is where can the people find you? Good question. On socials. Um, so <laughs> my main social that I use is TikTok, which is at underscore footlinks, um, spelled foot, like your foot. And then loose, spelled L-U-C-E, because my name's Lucy and loose is my nickname. Um, so foot loose and my Instagram is the same. So that's where you can awesome. find me. But yeah. Well, thank you so much for having me, Phil. I'm absolutely loved doing one of podcasts. Thanks for coming on. Thanks so much. All right. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Two Beers Till Takeoff. Do you want free additional content or just to stay connected with the show? Then give us a follow on our social media platform. That means TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, all of them. Are you in need of podcast production services, video editing, or anything in between? Then look no further than Strut Sound Productions, the official producer of the Two Beers Till Takeoff podcast. Music produced by Alex Gagne. Check out his work in our show notes. Voiceover done by Viking Leo K. See you next week on Two Beers Till Takeoff. Thank you